Book Twelve of the Analects of Confucius, translated by William Jennings. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Master's Answers, Philanthropy, Friendships. Yan Yuan was asking about man's proper regard for his fellow man. The Master said to him, "Self-control and habit of falling back upon propriety virtually effect it." let these conditions be fulfilled for one day and every one round will betake himself to the duty is it to begin in one's self or thank you indeed it is to begin in others i wanted you to be good enough said yan yuan to give me a brief synopsis of it then said the master without propriety use not your eyes without it use not your ears nor your tongue nor a limb of your body i may be lacking in diligence said yan yuan but with your favour i will endeavour to carry out this advice zhong gong asked about man's proper regard for his fellows to him the master replied thus when you go forth from your door be as if you were meeting some guest of importance when you are making use of the common people for state purposes be as if you were taking part in a great religious function do not set before others what you do not desire yourself let there be no resentful feelings against you when you are away in the country and none when at home i may lack diligence said zhong gong but with your favour i will endeavour to carry out this advice sima niu asked the like question the answer he received was this the words of the man who has a proper regard for his fellows are uttered with difficulty his words uttered with difficulty he echoed in surprise is that what is meant by proper regard for one's fellow-creatures where there is difficulty in doing the master replied will there not be some difficulty in utterance the same disciple put a question about the superior man superior men he replied are free from trouble and apprehension free from trouble and apprehension said he does that make them superior men the master added where there is found upon introspection to be no chronic disease how shall there be any trouble how shall there be any apprehension the same disciple being in trouble remarked I'm alone in having no brother, while all else have theirs, younger or elder. Zixia said to him, I have heard this. Death and life have destined times. Wealth and honors rest with heaven. Let the superior man keep watch over himself without ceasing, showing deference to others with propriety of manners. And all within the four seas will be his brethren how should he be distressed for lack of brothers for note twenty nine from confucius it is generally thought and a footnote zi zhang asked what sort of man might be termed enlightened the master replied that man with whom drenching slander and cutting calumny gain no currency may well be called enlightened i he with whom such things make no way may well be called enlightened in the extreme Zigong put a question relative to government. In reply, the master mentioned three essentials, sufficient food, 
sufficient armament, and the people's confidence. But, said the disciple, if you cannot really have all three, and one has to be given up, which would you give up first? The armament, he replied. And if you are obliged to give up one of the remaining two, which would it be? The food, said he. Death has been the portion of all men from of old. Without the people's trust, nothing can stand. Ji Chen once said, Give me the inborn qualities of a gentleman, and I want no more. How are such to come from book learning? Zi Gong exclaimed, Ah, sir, I regret to hear such words from you, a gentleman. But a team of four can never overtake the tom. Literary accomplishments are much the same as inborn qualities, and inborn qualities as literary accomplishments. A tiger's leopard skin without the hair might be a dog's or sheep's when so made bare. Duke Ai was consulting Yu Ruo. Said he, It is a year of dearth, and there is an insufficiency for ways and means. What am I to do? Why not apply the Tithing Statute? said the minister. But two tithings would not be enough for my purposes, said the duke. What would be the good of applying the statute? The minister replied, So long as the people have enough left for themselves, who of them will allow their prince to be without enough? But when the people have not enough, who will allow the prince all that he wants? Zhang was asking how the standard of virtue was to be raised, and how to discern what was illusory or misleading. The master's answer was, Give a foremost place to honesty and faithfulness, and tread the path of righteousness, and you will raise the standard of virtue. As to discerning what is illusory, here is an example of an illusion. Whom you love, you wish to live. Whom you hate, you wish to die. To have wished the same person to live and also to be dead, there is an illusion for you. Duke Jing of Qi consulted Confucius about government. His answer was, Let a prince be a prince, and ministers be ministers. Let fathers be fathers, and sons be sons. Good, exclaimed the duke. Truly, if a prince fail to be a prince, and ministers to be ministers, and if fathers be not fathers, and sons not sons, then, even though I may have my allowance of grain, should I ever be able to relish it. The man to decide a cause with half a word, exclaimed the master, is Zilu. Zilu never let a night pass between promise and performance. In hearing causes, I am like other men, said the master. The great point is to prevent litigation. Zhang, having raised some question about government, the master said to him, In the settlement of its principles, be unwearied. In its administration, see to that loyally. The man of wide research, said he, who also restrains himself by the rules of propriety, is not likely to transgress. Again, the noble-minded man makes the most of others' good qualities, not the worst of their bad ones. Men of small mind do the reverse of this. Ji Kang was consulting him about the direction of public affairs. Confucius answered him, A director should be himself correct. If you, sir, as a leader show correctness, who will dare not to be correct? 
Ji Kang, being much troubled on account of robbers abroad, consulted Confucius on the matter. He received this reply. If you, sir, were not covetous, neither would they steal, even were you to bribe them to do so. Ji Kang, when consulting Confucius about the government, said, Suppose I were to put to death the disorderly for the better encouragement of the orderly. What say you to that? Sir, replied Confucius, in the administration of government, why resort to capital punishment? Covet what is good, and the people will be good. The virtue of the noble-minded man is as the wind, and that of an inferior man as grass. The grass must bend when the wind blows upon it. Zhang asked how otherwise he would describe the learned official who might be termed influential. What, I wonder, do you mean by one who is influential? said the master. I mean, replied the disciple, one who is sure to have a reputation throughout the country as well as at home. That, said the master, is reputation, not influence. The influential man, then, if he be one who is genuinely straightforward and loves what is just and right, a discriminator of men's words, and an observer of their looks, and in honor careful to prefer others to himself, will certainly have influence, both throughout the country and at home. The man of mere reputation, on the other hand, who speciously affects philanthropy, though in his way of procedure he acts contrary to it, while yet quite evidently engrossed with that virtue, will certainly have reputation, both in the country and at home. Fan Chi, strolling with him over the ground below the place of the rain dance, said to him, I venture to ask how to raise the standard of virtue, how to reform dissolute habits, and how to discern what is illusory. Ah, a good question indeed, he exclaimed. Well, is not putting duty first, and success second, a way of raising the standard of virtue? And is not attacking the evil in one's self, and not the evil which is in others, a way of reforming dissolute habits? And, as to illusions, is not one morning's fit of anger causing a man to forget himself, and even involving in the consequences those who are near and dear to him, is not that an illusion? The same disciple asked him what was meant by a right regard for one's fellow creature. He replied, It is love to man. Asked by him again what was meant by wisdom, he replied, It is knowledge of man. Fan Chi did not quite grasp his meaning. The master went on to say, Lift up the straight, set aside the crooked, so can you make the crooked straight. Fan Chi left him, and meeting with Zhisha, he said, I had an interview just now with the master, and I asked him what wisdom was. In his answer he said, Lift up the straight, set aside the crooked, and so can you make the crooked straight. What was his meaning? Ah, words rich in meaning, those, said the other. When Shun was emperor, and was selecting his men from among the multitude, he lifted up Gao Yao, and men devoid of right feelings towards their kind went far away. And when Tang was emperor, and chose out his men from the crowd, he lifted up Yi Ying, with the same result. Zi Gong was consulting him about a friend. 
"'Speak to him frankly and respectfully,' said the master, "'and gently lead him on. "'If you do not succeed, then stop. "'Do not submit yourself to indignity.' "'The learned Zeng observed, "'In the society of books, "'the superior man collects his friends. "'In the society of his friends, "'he is furthering goodwill among men.'" End of Book 12 Recording by Li Jing